about election integrity and, well, the need for states to fix their election systems. Not a new statement, uh, clearly something that is a constant battle and something that the Heritage Foundation has been working on for a long time. They've released their election integrity scorecard that assesses the status of state election fairness and security. Uh, Easy to read in the sense of it's got colors associated with what's good, green, what's bad, red, and different hues in between. The elections belong to the people. The elections are for the people, by the people. And putting aside the voter participation issues, one of the things we have to strike back on are the misrepresentations or the outright lies about states and the quality of their election system. It may not surprise many in the conservative audience that states with some of the worst records that are in the red, in the scoring, Washington, Oregon, Nevada, Utah, California, Hawaii, Vermont, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and New York, and strongest in the green, states like Wisconsin, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Texas, Louisiana, Kansas, Arkansas, and more, and then again, in between, a variety of scoring levels. Jessica Anderson joins me now to help us understand this. And Jessica, we need to know and help inform the Patriot audience how to use this. So let's begin with your methodology. How did you arrive at this scorecard? Great. Good morning. Thank you so much for for having me. So the election integrity scorecard as you just stated, grades every single state and the District of Columbia on 47 different standards around election integrity. Those 47 different standards are then broken down into 12 broad categories. So these are things that all of us as patriots have learned to follow and to watch this past, these past two years, things like verifying the accuracy of voter registration lists. Do the states require voter ID? Does the state prevent vote trafficking or ballot harvesting? Does the state verify citizenship of voters? Does the state allow private influence from private money towards the elections, like we saw with Mark Zuckerberg? So all of these different metrics make up the methodology by which the scorecard is produced. And then each of these categories is given a different weight, and then that is tallied up for their score. So what's really important here, David, to to remember is this scorecard measures laws on the books. It does not measure enforcement, obstruction, political malice. 
it looks specifically at what are the laws on the books as of today. So thankfully, this takes into consideration the great work done by states like Florida and Texas and Georgia that worked really hard this last legislative cycle in their state to pass those election integrity bills. This scorecard reflects that, and it shows the gains of a state like Georgia, which is our leading state, because of the good work that was done in the legislature. Had we have done this a year ago, I think the results would have been very different. But today, it looks at these 47 characteristics and then breaks them down into these 12 categories and then weights each of the category, tallies it up, and that's how you get your score. I I, I caught my eye, I guess, is the way to put it, Jessica. Wisconsin ranked eighth. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is a state that had a variety of election issues in this last election cycle. What is it about Wisconsin? So the thing that I think is really important when you look at a state like Wisconsin is that it scores a 74. So, yes, it's eighth, but it's a 74 score out of 100. So, you know, in school, that's a C. <laughs> uh, so this is by no means a perfect state. There's a lot more work to be done here. But this actually, I think, strengthens, the scorecard actually strengthens the hand of grassroots activists in Wisconsin who have been ringing the, the fire alarm that they have good laws on the books, but that a lot of local county officials were not actually following the laws or did loopholes in the guise of COVID to enforcing them this past election in 2020. So when you look at the contrast between what is the actual law on the books as it relates in Wisconsin in these different categories versus enforcement, then you actually can see that conservative grassroots are right to point out that we need better enforcement in a state like Wisconsin. Same could be said in a state like Pennsylvania, where you saw that there were many situations where people weren't enforcing the laws on the books. So, you know, the scorecard itself is meant to be a tool for grassroots activists to use based on whatever that strategy is in the state. So if you're in a state like Georgia, for instance, you see that your state did a great job around election integrity this past legislative cycle, and there's still more that they can do. There are 80, there, they have 83 points total. What more can they, be, can they do to go even better in making it easier to vote and harder to cheat? If you're in a state like Arizona, same thing. They passed a number of bills in the state legislature. Let's look and see how they can go even further to protecting the vote, to growing the capability for us to have safety and security around the ballot box. So whatever state you're in, you can use it based on what the needs are on the ground as a grassroots activist when you're working directly with your state legislatures in these coming sessions in 2022. All right, and you provide a variety of explanations on the website, of course, uh, the methodology yeah. which you talked about. Uh, you also have model legislation uh, as we part do. of this project. So let's talk about that. I've talked with a number of groups, some you're familiar with, like the Election Integrity Project, uh, led by Ogan Gidley to work with state legislatures. Uh, I think that's one of the key points to this battle as the, as the Constitution lays it out for the lower houses in the state. So let's talk about model legislation and how, whether it's an activist or a state legislator, you can use this. Yes. So if you go to saveourelections.com and you can click on the map and, and download your state, and then if, when you start to see the gaps, right, you start to see the things that your state needs to raise their score, to have more integrity in their elections, then you can actually 
drag and click and find the bills that will right the wrongs in your state. So we have 11 different pieces of model legislation that are available. These have been pressure tested uh, by election law experts. They've been drafted by, by the general counsels as part of the conservative movement to arrive at what we think is a starting point around these 11 different potential bills. And so two ways you can use it. If you are a state lawmaker, you can come on here, you can see where your state is lacking, and then you can fix that by downloading the different model legislation that's available, absentee ballot, automatic voter registration, election litigation, same-day voter registration, all of these different bills. There's 11 of them in total. You can download them, and then you can customize them for your state. Of course, there's going to be tweaks. Every state is different. You're going to need to have your general counsels and your legal counsels in the state legislators look at this. But this is a starting point, and it gets us off the gate much quicker so we can move with a sense of urgency when these general sessions return in January and February of next year. So that's how you can use it if you're a state lawmaker. If you're a grassroots activist, this is your roadmap, right? You can go and see your state, see what it's lacking, print out the model bills, and then start shopping these around to state lawmakers and ask them if they would consider carrying this bill, introducing it, whipping up support. Again, this is just a starting point. We totally expect people will make it their own, whether they're in North Carolina or Kansas or New York. I mean, every state is different. But this gets you started in a way that we know is pressure-tested um, and accurate for the legal questions that will arise as these bills move forward. So we want to be transparent about this whole process. That's why we put all of the bills available online. They're completely downloadable by anyone that wants to use it based on what their state needs. You know, one of the things I try to impart to get across is that these are not laws, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm pretty right here, Jessica. They're not written for a political side. You know, this isn't an election law for the right against the left or some other group. Uh, this is about elections that are free, fair, processes are good, verification uh, of who's casting that vote and counting that vote has to be accurate. Uh, am I correct? Because the immediate attack against, say, Heritage or any other right-leaning organization is, well, you're just trying to suppress the black and brown people of America and the poor and the underserved and, I don't know, prop up the rich white country club, white privilege crowd. So the purpose of these bills is, is very simple. We want to make it easy to vote and hard to cheat. That is a nonpartisan goal. It is a nonpolitical goal. It is a goal that transcends any sort of background because it's part of the integrity of our American voting and electoral system. And that's a beautiful thing. And for the last two decades, the Heritage Foundation researchers and analysts have actually drafted things like this through best practices and through making these recommendations to state lawmakers. It is only with the energy and the excitement that's been around election integrity that we've been able to have so many gains this last year. But these reforms, these are not new. These are things that the, that the conservative legal community has been advocating for for two decades. And it's things that, in a lot of cases, the, the bipartisan um, Carter-Baker Commission of, of you know, a decade and a half ago was advocating as well. And that was bipartisan. So the reforms that are recommended here, they transcend 
the right or the left. This is about making it sure that every legal, legitimate voter has the ability to vote and that it's easy for them to vote and it's hard for cheaters to cheat. What else would you recommend people do with this? I mean, I've been through the tabs and opened up, read through some of these legislations, and I would encourage everyone listening to do the same. And again, this is your roadmap, right? This is your guide. But what else do you recommend? So I would say, first and foremost, you got to see it for yourself. Saveourelections.com. You can click right there and check out your state, click through it and see where you're at. The other part of the scorecard that I really love is that you can compare state to state. So let's say you're in a state like Kansas and you want to see how Kansas racks up to a state like Florida. You can toggle between the two states and actually compare them. So if you're trying to raise your score for the purpose of bringing more election integrity to your state, you can see exactly what you need to do by comparing some of these states. Also, it's really practical, right? There's so many people that are moving from California to Montana and to Texas or they're moving from New York to Florida. As you're making those decisions, if you're moving, consider looking at how your current state racks up to your future state and vice versa. So I think there's a lot of really practical ways that we can use this scorecard. Obviously, working with our state legislators is top of mind as we go into this next election election session. Uh, coming up in January and February, but then even past that, that's these practical means to just know where your state falls on these critical issues. Yeah. You know, just for fun, I decided based on the president himself to compare Georgia to Delaware, uh, Georgia, number one at 83. There's work to go. Look, if I brought yeah. home an 83 to my parents in high school, they would have said, why only an 83? Mm-hmm. Okay. Get back to work. Uh, Delaware, the president's home state is 52. Yeah, that's an F. Yeah, you know, it, it is. I think the state to state comparison is one of my favorite parts because you really get to see that the narrative that the left has pushed on us this past year just completely falls flat. Um, Georgia's a great case. The, the state legislature, Governor Kemp, they did a fantastic job this last election cycle being really, really um, reform-minded around the election integrity bill, getting these reforms in place, um, and actually then cataloging everything for the rest of the country to then use. So a lot of states followed the Georgia uh, roadmap, if you will, like you saw in Texas and Arizona and Florida, where they then began to use some of the same sort of model legislation in their own states. And so all of that will be transparent in the scorecard, who knows what the leading states are going to be in 2022, but you'll be able to follow along. And that would be the last point I'd make on the scorecard is we're going to update this thing as we go. So as new laws come onto the books next year, that will be automatically reflected in a state score and it'll be updated in real time. So that way you can watch, you know, almost like a leaderboard. Some states do better, some states do worse, depending on the legislative action in state legislative chambers in 2022. Uh, Jessica, it was a decision by the Supreme Court on ballot harvest in Brnovich versus DNC. Uh, so far in creating this scorecard, and again, congratulations, it's a lot of work to pull this together for your team at Heritage. Um, does that factor in and to what extent, or is that still not fully factored in? We have a Supreme Court decision. There are still laws on the book. There's still a battle over ballot harvesting. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting because states are are either reacting to that Supreme Court case or they're um, not. 
And so our perspective continues to be that any state has the ability to prevent vote trafficking, to prevent ballot harvesting. And that's what's reflected in the scorecard that you see at SaveOurElections.com. All right. With the tools there, it is a great tool. I really thank you and your team for, for putting this out there, Jessica. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me and for uh, getting this message out to as many patriots as possible to use it. Absolutely. We'll keep pushing it out there. Jessica Anderson, Executive Director of Heritage Action. How's your state doing? I'm talking to everybody in general. 866-95-PATRIOT-957-2874. I'll be right back. This is the David Webb Show. David Webb. 